Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We're streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So comment, like, subscribe, follow, or share at Keys to the City. Plus, you can check out clovercrestmedia.com. The man down to my right corner, Joseph Aguirre, the president. If you want to get involved with podcasts behind the scenes, we got plenty of work to do at Clovercrest Media. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. We are mere 53 hours away from Super Bowl 56. One of the most unexpected, if not the most unexpected, Super Bowl in NFL history. As you can see, I know we usually have three, but today we have a very special guest from the podcast Greeks Gridiron. You can check out all social media platforms as well as we have special guest Ethan Haristadoulou joining us. Ethan, I appreciate you joining us. I've been wanting to have you on. I love the content that you produce. Joe's talks great, very highly of you. So I'm glad you're joining us today. Trev trusts you, that means. And yes, I'm, I'm like, I, I trust me. Yes, when I have you on, it means that I have I have good faith. And Joe, <laughs> awesome. No, I'm I'm excited to be here, you guys. I'm excited Absolutely. to be here. Trev, can I Trev, can I interrupt you for a second already? What would well be, get it, <laughs> it wouldn't be the same, Ted, if you didn't. So Absolutely. Go on. Uh, Joe, I just want to give him a round of applause for pronouncing that name because nailed I, it. He nailed it. it. Ethan, we, we practiced yesterday. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not too often I get a good intro and somebody knows how to say my name and everything. <laughs> Joe, Joe was uh, the teacher. I am now the prodigy. Okay, I guess I should say. But a huge weekend in general. You got tomorrow night, you got a huge, huge UFC fight where you could check out also the Joseph Aguirre at Throwing Jabs podcast as they talk about Israel Adesanti versus Robert Whitaker, a much anticipated rematch. Cannot wait for that. So this is a huge weekend for sports fans in general. But we are here, guys, frankly, plain and simple, to talk Super Bowl 56. As I like to say, we did part one on Tuesday. That was the fancy talk. That was the debate questions. Now it's time to get into the nitty gritty today. We're going to be talking predictions. We're going to be talking about X factors. What if the Bengals, we're going to play the what if game. The Rams win, why? The Bengals win, why? And of course, who's walking away? SoFi Stadium as the world champions. But we got to start off with the main question and the most talked about position in all of football and different paths for both of these quarterbacks, if we think about it. Both were number one picks. Both SEC guys. Both delivered. I should say one guy has delivered. One guy has starting to deliver. And I'm if you're talking about what do you think I'm talking about, I'm talking about the guy that's been in the league longer who is starting to find his game, find his tune, and is starting to win games. So it's a very simple question. Ted, I'm going to start with you. I know you've been a big fan of both guys, especially the one out in L.A. So it's a very simple question, guys. Which quarterback would you rather have? Is it Matthew Stafford or is it Joe Cool, Joe Burrow? Trev, it was never that I was a big fan of Stafford. Ted, just, Joe, Joe. No, 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 he's no. the what? biggest Stafford fan I know. This <laughs> side of Ethan. No, I think Ethan got me beat on it. No, yeah. I, think, I think you have to just look at this in like the bigger picture. I looked at a guy that 
when he played it for Georgia and he was stacked at AJ Green, no Sean Moreno was a running back. He was one of, I believe one of the, if not the number one player coming out of high school out of Texas. Um, that Georgia team never lived up to the hype. Right. And he never had, he never had that big game in college. If you remember his days, then he gets drafted. Of course, the Detroit lions where it seems like everyone goes to crumble. And you just wonder if a guy of his skill level could ever get to play with, you know, it's not that the talent, he played with some talent. It just, organizationally, as we know that, it's like the Browns, it was like the Cleveland Cavaliers. There's organizations to all professional sports that wherever guys go, they seem to just, it doesn't matter how great you are, it just, you can never overcome the deficiencies in the organization. To see him go to the Rams, you knew he had the talent. Could he live up to the expectation? No, he did, statistically-wise, though he did tie the league league with Trevor Lawrence for interceptions with 17, which is kind of funny. you got the guy who led the league in interceptions versus the guy who led the okay. league. He t- he t- he's aggressive. I, I like a quarterback. Listen, it's okay. He's a gunslinger. He's a gunslinger. He, he, t- he, he takes knows, his now, chances. I like he, it. He, he takes his chances. Here's the thing. If he does win the Super Bowl, he will be the first quarterback since Eli Manning to lead the league in interceptions and win the Super Bowl. But here, let's get back to the question. The question is, who would you rather have? I'll take Burrow. Because every time I've watched him from since his junior year at LSU, he plays better in the biggest games. It's not the regular season games. He Do you know he's 0-3 against Baker Mayfield in his career? Can't beat the Browns with Baker Mayfield as a starting quarterback. But what do you do when the biggest games late after December? He beat the Ravens and he beat the Chiefs, the two biggest components, and he threw for over 900 yards. What do you do in the national championship for LSU? What do you do in the semifinals game? What's he done in the playoffs against every deficiency, right? And here's the other thing. He's not prone for the big mistake. He's prone for the big play. Jeter-esque type stuff. And I'm not trying to put him already in that level, but that's what he does. Stafford is lucky to be here. He's a great player. He's got great skill players. And I think McVay does a great job of, of kind of – how do I say it? Giving him the right avenue kind of leads him like a driving instructor. He can control the, the game, McVay, schematically as a coach. I think Burrow does it all himself. Now, I'm not knocking Zach Taylor, but he comes up in the biggest place. He's not prone for the big play. And if that guy, Tart, free safety for the 49ers, makes the play, we might not be talking about Matthew Stafford in, in the Super Bowl right now. We're talking about the 49ers with Jimmy G in the running game and Debo Samuel versus Joe Burrow. Ethan, what do you think? Who would you rather? I know you're. I know you're a big Stafford guy. So are you taking your guy Stafford, or uh, are you taking with Joe Cool, Joe B? Yeah, uh, for me, it's kind of a no-brainer. I, I trust me. I love Joe Burrow. I've been high on him all year. Um, watching him in 2019 do his thing in LSU, like I, I, he was, he was born for stardom. It, you could tell before he got here, he was going to be a guy. You don't put, have this best statistical college season in football ever at the quarterback position and not show up when you come to the NFL the way he plays. And watching him during that Packers game earlier this year, uh, the way he can bark at the line of scrimmage, call the plays, you know, it, you can tell. And there was like there was a conversation piece that came out not too long ago where like his helmet went out for a few plays and he was just calling the plays for the Bengals. I forget what game it was, but y- you can tell he has it all there. Uh, but I'm going to go with Stafford because this is a guy that when when you look at just his body of work, like was like, you know, was mentioned before. Yeah, he was stuck on the Lions for 11, 12 years, however many years he was over there. And, you know, you can't you can't beat organizational 
incompetence at the end of the day, in my opinion, and I don't really think it's an argument. The Lions are probably the most incompetent organization in the NFL. You might want to argue. <laughs> I, I talking, you might want to argue the Jaguars. You might want to argue someone else. But I mean, the Lions. No, you can maybe add the Giants to that list now. <laughs> yeah, maybe the Giants. No, you know what? I'm excited for the Giants, Joe. I'm excited for them. I'm glad they finally made a change. But we haven't heard that a lot in ten years. But we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm happy to see them actually make some change because you can't expect change if you don't do anything. Absolutely. But um, yeah, no, I mean, Stafford has been so good in his entire career. Uh, you know, people always talk about how he had Calvin Johnson, but outside of Calvin Johnson, who did he really have? A few maybe like fairly good players. Golden Tate, I see get brought up every now and again. Uh, but outside of that, he's never had a true running game, never really had a great team around him. Uh, and no, no, just nothing to really work with. And then mm-hmm. to hear that he's lucky to be where he is in L.A., uh, I think it's more so it's about time he is where he is with L.A. The fact that he was able to go to a team that's competent, again, not his fault. It's He's that good, and, they, and people wanted him. I respect Sean McVay for being willing to deal the way he did to bring Stafford in. I, I mean, the numbers speak for himself. He has over 300 and something touchdowns. And, yeah, does he have an interception here or there where it leaves you scratching your head? But like it was mentioned, He's a gunslinger. He takes risks, and I respect the hell out of that play style. He's got a cannon for an arm. He can make all the throws. He literally ripped the soul right out of the Buccaneers on those last couple of plays there and to move on to the NFC Championship game. I like Stafford. Joe, I'll let you go, and then I'll finish up with this. I'm I'm curious because I know you've been – You've gone against Stafford throughout the season, but you've started to turn maybe the corner on Stafford. Am I right? Well, listen, like Teddy said – if it wasn't for Tart dropping that interception. And then, oddly enough, the game ends with Jimmy G doing what Jimmy G does best, throwing a pick at a terrible time. Mm-hmm. I think, ultimately, that's that's what those two guys are. I trust Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, again, going back to 2019, it's been mentioned, this guy's unflappable in those kinds of games. You know, the thing, he, here's the funny thing. If I can have Joe Burrow on the Rams, it would be a no doubt the Rams are winning the Super Bowl. I'll put it to you like that. I I really do think that uh, this kid's a superstar in the making, and I I think Sunday is the first step towards that. And, Joe, you even said it throughout the year. What did you want to see from Joe Burrow in situations like that? You want to see more wins. You wanted to see him win big games. Big games against good defenses. I said that uh, from the beginning of the year, I needed to see that out of Joe Burrow, and he lost to the Jets and the Bengals in back-to-back. We, uh, the, the Jets and um, Browns. Uh, who else? They are the Browns, right. Uh, and I started to wonder if this guy was any good. They, they go to Baltimore and blow out the Ravens. And that's when I was like, all right, Joe, cool. Show me what you got. And uh, he, every good defense he's faced since then, he's beaten them. He's six and zero since December twelfth. I'm, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Joe Burrow. I'm Ethan. I'm sorry, but I, I guess this is what happens when you work together with two other guys. I guess we're all in agreement with this. I'm going with Joe B as well. I got the wow. stats for you for Joe Burrow. So PFF. I know a lot of people love PFF. I'm not a big fan, but it is what it is. So Burrow, his passing grade was when within one score is eighty five point eight. That's third in the league. He's fourth in the league in fourth quarter slash overtime with an 82.4 grade. By the way, Matthew Stafford in that fourth quarter in overtime is first at 90.9. Just want to throw out there. He also has the stats that he's coming to the league with fourth quarter. Here's the stats for Joe Burrow, as we've talked about. 
in the must-win games. He's had nine must-win games that they've talked about. 3,500 yards, 31 touchdowns, two picks, guys. Oh, and by the way, he's 9-0 and in all those games. So here's why I want to say Joe Burrow. Because realistically, guys, let's realistically think about this. Up until two weeks ago in Tampa, did we think Matthew Stafford can win a game like this? We felt the confidence. I maybe you. No, I did. I did. Okay. okay. Well, going into I've Tampa, watched him do it for about eleven years. It was a Detroit Lions <laughs> team. About the, Listen, I thought he could do it. If the question yeah, was, was he going to make the big mistake? That's what I'm saying. Is that up until two weeks ago, and we got to think about it. Lost to San Fran in week 17 or in the final week. Also lost to – who did they lose? I forgot who they lost. They, they lost, lost to two, Tennessee. They lost to two big games in like the la, late in the they, season. Here's the thing. They did and not this, lose to one team with a below 500 record this year, the Rams and Matthew Stafford. So they had two big – That is one good thing that you could talk about, Matthew Stafford and the Rams, is they did not lose a game that had a, below, a team that had a below 500 record at the end of the season. They lost against mostly playoff teams, right? And Matthew Stafford, listen, this is – here's the question. I think we both agree that either quarterback is a, is a viable answer for this. The question is if it's the fourth quarter drive, like Eli Manning or Tom Brady, who you want the ball in the hands. I want Burrow on that last drive because the Bengals have won five games with one, within one score of the final play of the season this year. They're used to this situation. All right, I think McVay's – intellect if you i don't know have you guys seen the mcveigh thing where he's able to go like hey mcveigh so september 3rd yeah he knows that he knows the play he knows 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 exactly the play the time his ability though to call the game and be able to kind of silver plate matthew he can cover matthew stafford he can situationally call plays that make matthew stafford great matthew stafford skill wise is better than joe burrow he's got a better arm all right but Joe Burrow's canny to scramble and make plays when things seem to – he does well when the traffic, when you have rush hour traffic. He seems to navigate really well. Matthew Stafford seems like he needs more of a smoother sailing, and that's why I chose Joe Burrow. Sorry, Trev, go on. No, that's fine. I was just saying just because up until – I mean, they lost to San Fran in week 18. Yeah, they won the NFC West, but because they just because of the Cardinals stinking up the joint in week 18 – we coming, we were coming into this feeling that, especially that Tampa game, that we're like Brady against Stafford. Do we really have all that trust in Stafford? This is what they paid the big bucks for. This is what they traded for Matthew Stafford. Up until two weeks ago, I feel like a lot of people around the league maybe were still uncertain of Matthew Stafford's play. There's people that believed in him. I, I get that. Fair enough. He's delivered this season. But up until that Tampa game, we were thinking – does he have enough to do it? That can he find? Can he finally get over the hump? Joe B. I would say, Ethan, that ever since when these games come down to it, you just feel like you would trust Burrow more than Stafford. I know it sounds crazy because he's only been oh, in the I league mean, I, for I two totally, years. I totally agree with that. I mean, I, I, so for the entire playoffs, I, I've been rooting for the Bengals the whole way through. This is actually the Super Bowl that I wanted to see come play. This is not what I picked for the Super Bowl initially, but when I don't I think a lot of people playoffs, did. This was what I wanted. I wanted Bengals Rams because one, I love the style of Joe Burrow and I've been a Stafford guy forever. Um, I believe in Joe Burrow when it comes time to like clutch time and everything like that. I just think that you just have such a smaller sample size of Joe Burrow getting it done. And don't get me wrong, like what he's done so far in his career is phenomenal. And like what he did at the college level, obviously phenomenal. I just praised him about it. But again, Stafford seventh in the NFL 
all time in game winning drives when it matters most. Um, I know a lot of people have questioned whether he was going to be able to get it done against Tampa. In my mind, I never had a doubt. And I talked about it in my preview video for that game. The Rams play the best style of defense to take down a guy like Tom Brady and that offense they were running there. I also think that they play the same best style of defense with the pressure going heavy against Burrow. I just, I don't know. You were saying, and and then the mention of Stafford and um, he needs to have more smooth sailing. He's number one against the blitz and pressure this year as a quarterback statistically. So, I mean, the guy gets it done even when he's under duress and McVay has moved the offense a little bit more to the ground game to try to keep Stafford away from falling. Cause he does have a habit of making that bad play that everyone's yeah. worried about because of where he came from. In my opinion, I just feel like he was so used to having such a bad unit around him. He felt he'd have to make the play, which has been an issue for him his whole career and why I think he's had so many like bone crushing interceptions at times, mm-hmm. but He's in a system that works to his strengths and can also keep him from making him feel like he needs to make those plays. So I'm, I've never really been too worried about him having to do something like that or, or falling into that old bad habit because McFay has done such a good job with this team and just making sure that Stafford feels comfortable, but also doesn't feel like he has too much pressure because like the he has, I think, the weight up, like the most weight on his shoulders that we've seen a quarterback have in quite some time on any team, considering he came from a losing organization with a pretty stellar resume mm-hmm. and is now being forced to like you win or it, it's nothing. Yeah, season. you're the reason why we're trading for you to win a Super Bowl. So it's on you. Exactly. exactly. I, I agree. I agree. You can't all in all it's, and all you guys, you can't go wrong with either one. Both of these guys are here for a reason. Talent wise, the team wise, well, it doesn't matter. These are two of the. These are, let's be honest, these are the two main reasons why the L.A. Rams and Cincinnati Bengals be playing on Sunday night. And the exactly. other 30 teams. Well, no, the main reason is the Chiefs choked in the fourth, in the second half. That's Oh, whatever. So be it. They who choked. cares? Joe B. found, hey, Burrow found, who cares if they choked? And here's Burrow the other thing. The same, the same components that you congratulate Matthew Stafford on is the reason why the Green Bay Packers are not here because Aaron Rodgers gets conservative ability in the court. Here's the thing. He doesn't ever take a chance, which a lot of people like. But guess what? That's the reason why you're not in a conference championship game because you don't trust any of your other teammates. And he's – they always talk about it. He would rather throw the ball away, Aaron Rodgers, than force something or make a play when when a guy like Matthew Stafford or a guy like Eli Manning well, guys, pa- Patty Mahomes isn't here there. either, and he's very much the opposite of that. He likes to take chances, and, and where's he at? I mean, that was when you drop eight. That's why. Bad, bad, bad ball over the middle. I'm glad you brought that up because I just wanted to say, well, they were trailing 21, a choke job. Well, you still got to score points. And Joe Burrow and that offense did score points and found ways to go on a 21 nothing run. So I'm just saying, realistically, they had to find ways. Joe Burrow, you can't go wrong with either one. Nathan, I know that you're new to this, but I know you had a question for us three regarding this game. Take it away, my man. Oh, yeah. So it, it kind of sticks to the quarterback conversation. Um, realistically, there's a lot on the line for both of these guys. Maybe Stafford more than Burrow. But my question for you guys and everyone here is, who does this loss end up hurting more? Come, like, you know, Monday, are we talking, you know, Matthew Stafford's a fraud. He lost the game. Joe Burrow's the guy. What do you get? Like, who does this hurt more come Joe, Monday Joe. if they don't win? Joe, take it Depending away. Depending on the situation, I'll tell you one thing, just quick thing. No one's probably would think, depending on how the situation of the game could be Sean McVay. Because with the way people look at him as like a prodigy, look at all the coaches that have been hired from his staff the past three or four seasons. You know, when he made it with Jared Goff, they thought like he was the next Bill Belichick offensively minded guy. Like he's talked about as 
like the guy in the NFL now. He's like the, he's the yeah, he's the young master. Like yeah. now Sean McVay has like a coaching tree out there, guys. Like Matt LaFleur and Zach Taylor coached Mike, under McDa- him. Mike McDaniel now, the new McDaniel, And I believe there's another coach that one of you guys are probably would know or someone else, but that's been off his coaching tree. You know, even with Shanahan, they're all connected. Depending, Stafford could play great and Burrow could just beat him. You know what I mean? It wouldn't even be Stafford's fault. But depending on how the games, because McVay, he's has said it sometimes, depending on his play call, he takes his team. Like, Joe, you may have talked about, like, sometimes he gets pass happy. And it's like, dude, you got Cam Akers and Sony Michelle in the field. Like, you're getting four and a half yards. Again. Like, why, why do you get away from something? So if McVay calls the game because he gets too greedy, you know what I mean? And, and we won't know that until the end of the game and the analysis and everything. You start breaking things down. But it could be McVay. You know what I mean? Oh, and two in the Super Bowl. Here's the thing. It becomes the Andy Reid, Mar- Marty Schottenheimer time. Like, can they not win the big game? You know what I mean? Especially McVay. You have the team. Again, you have – you're the guy that wanted Stafford. You're the one that really pressed – remember, they talk about it. Sean McVay called up the GM. They were, Literally, Stan Kroenke was on the tarmac, on the plane to go fly or whatever. He's like, I want Matthew Stafford. I want him. We need Whatever, just trust me, this will work. And you're the coach, you're the offensive mind, you're the play caller. This could hurt McVay. Not, not to say his career is over. He's like, what, 40 years old? He'll probably maybe be in another Super Bowl. But remember, we started knocking Andy Reid. We started knocking his coaches that can't win the big game, especially when they get their consecutive. But could be Sean McVay. No one's really talked about it because it always seems like the player. But remember, coaches have such a huge part in these games. You know what I mean? Tom Coughlin effect. I think the Giants don't win a, that Super Bowl against the Patriots if Tom Coughlin's not their coach. Just be able to that that control, that calmness, that that mm-hmm. feel. You know what I mean? Head coach makes a big difference in these games, especially um, when it's for all the marbles. Sorry, yeah, to whoever. No, you're fine, Joe. Go on. I think Joe Burrow comes out of this game smelling like roses. Either way, <laughs> he really does. It, it, he unless he throws five interceptions and they get blown out forty-two zip. Joe Joe Burrow's the man. Uh, and we're going to talk about what a bright future and how many more Super Bowls. And he's going to be battling out with Mahomes and Allen mm-hmm. and Jackson for years to come. If Matthew Stafford loses this game, Ethan, this 100% hurts him. And I, I think unfairly. Just because Tom Brady showed up on a team and took them immediately to a Super Bowl in their home stadium, now we just think that's the norm. And it's not. And so it's unfortunate, but... They're obviously going to say this, and, and you're right to a, an extent, Ted. You wanted – you McVay wanted this guy. He got this guy. He didn't win the big game. This guy's a loser. We knew he was a loser. It, it, and it'll probably – if they lose, it'll be because he probably makes one of those bad throws. And so it, it's it'll be unfair. I still think the Rams, to me, I'm picking them to win the Super Bowl next year too. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I think they've got such an easy path to the NFC Championship right now, especially when Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, that you might as well just keep the Super Bowl there if you want. Yeah, I mean, I've been <laughs> I've been high on Joe Burrow, I feel like. I know we kind of got into this the other day very briefly about if Joe Burrow and the Bengals don't win, what would, what would happen? We think, oh, yeah, they'll be fine. They'll be back. We said that about Aaron Rodgers. We said that about Marino, which is fair enough. I understand. But when you have a guy like Joe Burrow, as long as you have the quarterback, if you have that figured out in today's NFL, and we've seen that better than anything in the past couple of years, if you have the quarterback position set, going with the Bengals, it, it's a toss-up, Linda. It's a toss-up. We don't know who's going to win. It could. We could see history no matter what. It's going to be a great game. I can't wait to see it. But 
realistically, as long as you have the quarterback position set, your franchise should be in good hands for the next 10 to 12 years. Barring any injuries, they should be set for the next 10 to 12 years. I think this is easy. I think it's Matthew Stafford and the Rams because, yes, the NFC next year is going to be completely different. We don't know if Rodgers is going to retire. He's going to stay in Green Bay or he's going to go to the AFC. We don't know where Kyler Murray is going to go, whether he's going to be in Arizona or get traded out too. We don't know if Brady is still retired. I know he's retired, but we heard the little never say never. So let's keep that door open a little bit. So we don't know what the NFC is going to be next year. So I would say, Joe, I agree. It does hurt Stafford more, but since they're in the situation that they are with the NFC as a conference from top to bottom, I think they would be the odds on favorite again coming into with any signings that they lose too. I still think they would be the favorite coming into the NFC next year, but this would hurt Matthew Stafford because all we've ever heard is, well, you're on a great team. Now you've you've been, all the tools are coming, all the talents come and put together. Now it's finally for you to go get that ring. And the reason why this team traded for you is to go get that ring as it is. And we'll see what happens. But I think having a quarterback like the Bengals with Joe Burrow, I think they're safe for the next 10 to 12 years, barring any injury. And they will always stay competitive in the AFC as long as they got the quarterback position figured out. The Rams, the window is is, is not that big. It's about two to three. It's about three to four years, maybe. They don't have any draft picks. You have to win now. And this is a golden opportunity for the Rams to do it. But if the Rams do lose, this will be more of a impactful loss on Matthew Stafford, I would have to say. Nobody else? I'm surprised. I, I feel like I'm I'm always stunned when Ted doesn't say a word after I say something. It just goes silent. Like, this is not supposed to how, how it's supposed to be. I need Ted to say something. Ted's silent. Ted's silent. Well, I thought I thought Ethan would come back on and you know kind of No, well it was Oh no, I mean I know honestly I completely well, I completely he had agree. something to say to this question, like what made him really think like you know yeah, I maybe. Think, yeah, I'm I think, because I think when you look at this, like we always, like I feel like what we've talked about for the first 25 minutes is the two quarterbacks. Like, there's still 51 other guys on the team. You know, like, you know, but that's what it always comes narrowed down to. It seems like narrowed down to the quarterback. Here's position. here's the thing, though. Don't you think like Sean Payton in that first Super Bowl to be able to call that onside kick? Like, got to get credit for that. You know well, what I mean? That's his calls. You right? know, like like here's the thing. We talk about that first Super Bowl for the Giants in 07, not the first one, but. Uh, the whatever third one, who cares? You know what I mean. The first one, Spags, Spags is play calling defensively against that Brady offense, that team that scored over 500 points, that was like literally averaging like 40 points a game. What he did to them to only hold them to 14 points. Remember, Strahan kind of joked, or I forget what was it, not who they joked, um, like 17 14, and, and Brady kind of laughed it off there oh, immediately. Plax. Plax picked a score 21 17. Like, so oh, I actually watched that game last so, night. Like, I've been watching, I, the, I've been watching the Super Bowl games all week. I've been getting prepared for this game tonight. I'm watching Super Bowl 43. So, when you, so you, when you think about that, like, here's another thing, like, we haven't talked like defensive, like, Aaron Donald, like. You're the best player, defensive player in the league, even though J.J. Watt just won it. You can make the argument. T.J. Watt, get it right, bro. Don't disrespect okay. that, man. <laughs> Better <laughs> not disrespect T.J. Well, the older brother gave him. The younger brother off. always reigns supreme. Stop. Nonsense. <laughs> when he wins three, when he wins back, when he wins more than one defensive player of the year, then he can get on his yeah, level. No, I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up because it was going to go right into our next question with names. That we, this this game specifically, it feels like I know we always talk about big time players, but this game 
offensive weapons, defensive weapons. There's a lot of X factors. But is there an underdog X factor? Like you just said with the Giants, maybe one of those names during that Super Bowl was Justin Tuck. Yeah, he was great, but we were always talking about OC. We were talking about Strahan. It was Justin Tuck who really had the greatest impact in that Super Bowl 42. There's been unsung heroes in Super Bowls. Malcolm Smith of the Seattle Seahawks. Malcolm Butler of the New England Patriots. Unsung heroes. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to start off with Ethan on this. you have any X factors? Who are the X factors of this game? Whereas we know we've been talking about the Ramsey and the Chase matchup. We've been talking Stafford and Burrow. We've been talking about the O-line, D-line. But is there somebody that maybe that we're not talking about or – are you siding with everybody else and going with the obvious choices? So uh, I have, I actually have four X factors because I talked about this on my preview show earlier this morning. Um, where, could the, where could you check that out, by the way? You too? could check that out on youtube.com slash the Greeks gridiron. It just went up earlier today around 11 o'clock. Uh, so for my X factor on the Bengals, I'll just give the one specific that I think matters most for each team. I did talk to for each team because I feel like there's an obvious, there's like obvious answers and then there's less obvious answers. Yeah. <laughs> for the Bengals, I have T Higgins labeled as my X factor. And the reason being the last two games that the Bengals have played playoff games. Yes. Jamar chase is a guy. He's the stud. He's doing his thing. Obviously, you know, they can't take anything away from him, but he was key in keeping drives alive and sneakily had really good games. He had six receptions for 103 yards versus KC, which was more yardage than Jamar chase. And then he also had seven receptions for 96 yards versus Tennessee. I think it's pretty obvious that, you know, you have Jamar chase. He's your number one guy. Sounds like Ramsey wants to spend his time shadowing him in this game. It seems like a pride thing for Ramsey. He wants to be able to lock down, you know, the rookie phenom that's kind of stormed into the NFL this year. So with that in mind, if there's going to be a guy that's locked down like Jamar Chase, who are they going to look to to keep those drives alive? Who has a track record of, well, who better than T Higgins, who was also a thousand yard receiver, had almost 1100 with 1093. Look to him to have a big game. Tyler Boyd could be another guy too. I I love Tyler Boyd. I've always loved Tyler Boyd since he came into the league and he was playing alongside AJ Green. That's another guy. I think that while the obvious answer, yeah, yeah, well, like while the obvious answer would be like Jamar Chase is going to be the guy. Look to T Higgins especially because I feel like he's a big dude, six four, and if he has Darius Williams covering him, Darius Williams is five ten. Right, I, li- a- I like that one because there's about 75, I would guarantee about 80% of the teams that would have T Higgins as a number one receiver. He's yeah. got everything you want yeah. as a true number one, the size, the physicality, he goes up for the ball. He's a, he's a big play receiver. Well, he would be a legit number one receiver. Let's well, be honest. Oh, yeah. He would be the number one receiver. Hold on, Ted. On the New York Giants, if he was, he'd be a number one receiver on about 85% of the league right now, with the exception of a few teams. He's that talented. And to have that, and I agree, I think that's a great choice, eh? With yeah. For the, uh, for the Rams, this one, I didn't, it's, it's a little more cut and dry for the Rams. Uh, realistically, I think the X factor is going to be Aaron Donald. The, uh, the last Super Bowl they played in, he was not as effective as I think people were expecting him to be. It was a real defensive game, but he wasn't really getting after Brady that much. I think Aaron Donald just needs to have a really big game here. Um, it, he's a guy that when you look at like the greats in NFL history, Lawrence Taylor, he is right up there, just needs a ring. 
at this point. Literally just needs a ring. And if he wants a ring, he needs to be the game wrecker that he's been. Because you can argue that Aaron Donald has been the best defensive player in the NFL since he came into the league, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just think I think it's Aaron Donald for that one. And that's there's not even really like you can't do like a cute choice because it needs to be Aaron Donald. He needs to crush yeah, the it's, it's, it's not gonna be sexy. It's gotta be yeah. It's got it has to be Aaron Donald. It really does. Okay. Ted, take it away. So, so, Ethan, I was going to go with Higgins, too, at first, right? Because when these games that we talked about on the show Tuesday, you have superstars, right? But think about a lot of the Super Bowls. It comes down to, like, the second or third receiver or the backup running back or tight end who has, like, this huge way. I mean, you think about the Bauer catch for the Giants down the middle of the field that really set up the drive. There's, there's, you know, David Patton for the Patriots. Certain guys step up in huge factors. And I was looking at Higgins. Listen, you know Chase and Ramsey are going to kind of balance each other out. You know, they'll 50-50 each other. And Higgins, I was looking at 53% catch rating for 7.9 yards on a normal catch. When teams play zone coverage – 72% catch radius, 10.9 yards a thing. Here's the other thing. Rams play the third most zone coverage in the league. A lot of cover two, a lot of cover four, a lot of cover three. There's a lot of gaps in the use Higgins big body. They love to go to him in third down. But changing it, it's Mike Hilton, the defensive back who's going to wow, play slot back for the Bengals. He's been great, great now, season too. We know Eli Apple is a – is a guy that's going to give up the big play. That's If I'm the Rams, I attack him all day. We know that as a Giant fan. Mike Kilton's going to play the slot on third downs. His ability to cover Cooper Cup on those short intermediate routes are going to be major factor, and I think they're going to bracket him with the linebacker, Trev, that we love that of Wyoming, Logan Wilson. I believe oh, I love, I mean, yeah. Right? I so how do they bracket Cooper Cup, right? That's, that's what I think the Bengals, right? That's their X factors. How do they contain Cooper Cup, right? Keep him – he's going to get his, right? But how do we not let him explode? Let's not give up the big home run ball. You know what I mean? Like in baseball, we'll walk Judge to get to Gary Sanchez because we know he's going to ground out into a double play. That's Got you, Joe. So, defensive factors. That's <laughs> The Rams, it's not about the offense. It's about the defense. They can win this game by themselves. I'm going to use the giant mythology. It's Leonard Floyd, who people forgot that we wanted as a Giant fan in the first round coming out of Georgia. Yep. Him and Von Miller, those two guys could be your Justin Tuck and OCU Manure. They All the pressure is, is that, like Ethan said, on Aaron Donald, right? He's going to get double uh, blocked all day. We know that, right? So you're going to have one-on-one -on, -one on the outside. Those two guys, literally, like a contraption, could squeeze the head of Joe Burrow. I think Leonard Floyd and Von Miller, this is the reason why you trade for Von Miller, is an X factor. He could win the MVP like he did last time. He can literally take over the game. I believe since he's been uh, taken to the Ram, he's like third in the league in pressures. and I mean, he's just been dominant. So if you can get Von Miller from Von Miller for one game, all he's got with Leonard Floyd, it don't matter how good Joe Burrow is. He's going to be looking at the sky all night, and it's not going to – and he's going to think he's on the Hollywood Boulevard looking at the stars because that's all he's going to see with those two guys because you know Donald's going to do his, right? Those two guys, we saw what they did, the Giants' defense, those those O.C., Tuck, and Strahan did to Tom Brady. There's no, there's no accounting for a defensive line that can wreck a game. There's nothing you can do. If you know anything about football – between running and passing, if the defensive line controls your offense, you have nothing. I don't mm -hmm. care if you have Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, and Terrell Owens in the receivers, and you have Kellen Winslow Sr. in the, as a tight end. You're just not to, doing anything. Yeah. Just go, so, ask Denver, go ask the Denver Broncos. 
that's why you make a move for Von Miller late in the season. I don't know if he's an X factor because he's still got that star studded ability and he's proved it in the playoffs. But I think when Ethan said, when Aaron Donald is so good, someone else on the outside's got to step up. Joe, what do you think? Well, uh, the Bengals haven't announced whether Hakeem Adanji or Jackson Carmen is starting. Um, neither is very good. And that's a real problem for this team. So I think whoever starts, uh, again, they they uh, both are terrible in, in pass protection. So if, if they're a sieve, it's going to be a real issue. Uh, as far as the Rams, I think the X factor is Eric Weddle, and I'll tell you why. He's calling the defense for the first time. Uh, Rocky Morris uh, has has passed on from Troy Reader and given this responsibility to Weedle, mm-hmm. uh, who is retiring immediately after the game, regardless of Weedle? the outcome. Yeah. So really? I, I uh, yeah, dude. I mean, you know, this is really Weedle. special for this guy. That's kind of tipping the scale back in into the Rams' favor, as far as I'm concerned. That I'm just feels a- that just feels like a story. I mean, this guy's come back. They really needed him. They they had uh, two devastating injuries in that secondary. It, I don't know that they would be here without him. I think and Taylor think- Rapp is, is Taylor Rapp available for this game. He might be. I think he was available, right? Did anyone hear the prognosis on him? If he's back, he was supposed to be back. Possible Taylor, Taylor Rapp, who was out, and that's part of the reason why they went to get Eric Weddle, who was you know hanging out on his couch. And Joe, I mean, if you guys remember him back in the day, he was an All Pro every year from. The, was it the Chargers to the Ravens yep. and now to be able to, you know, really bring that whole defense together. You know what I mean, Joe? And you're, and listen, we, we've talked about this on multiple occasions, leadership in the defensive back secondary to be able to set the tone and make sure everyone is where they need to be, you know, especially in a game like this, you know, one mistake could be seven. I, my X factors are very simple. Hold on. You didn't let Joe finish. Oh, I thought no, I'm he, done. that was it. That's oh. it. I, I just, yeah, I, I feel like there's something special to, him calling that defense. He's going to have to be on the field the entire game to understand. Yeah. That's true. I mean, that was a surprising uh, addition late in the season for a guy who hasn't played in two years, but Weddle has, I mean, Weddle is a, is a football player. He, you could just put him on the field and he can play the game of football the right way. And a true leader in that secondary back end of that defense. So we'll have to see how, what kind of impact he has. My thing quickly, it's Von Miller. I mean, we all talk about Aaron Donald and how dominant he is. And for good reason, Leonard Floyd, we have to remember, this is a guy that, if you look in the history books, ladies and gentlemen, you'll see Super Bowl 50 MVP, Von Miller is that guy. Von Miller has taken over games before in the past. I mean, I just wrote some quick stats. Seven games before he got traded to the Rams, a four and a half sacks. In 11 games with the, the Rams, he had 11 sacks. He had six straight games of a sack or more up until the NFC title game. So this guy is still – is Von Miller. Let's. I know we've been talking about Aaron Donald and how amazing and Hall of Fame-like he is. We get that. But let's not forget about another Hall of Famer, a soon-to-be Hall of Famer, a guy that's won a Super Bowl MVP that could take over games like that, and it's Von Miller. For me, I'm going to go with one of the receivers, but it's Tyler Boyd. I know people want to be saying T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, but in a game like this, and we've been talking, and this is the biggest – matchup the key matchup of all matchups in this Super Bowl is the O-line and D-line they're gonna have to get the ball out quick the Bengals and Tyler Boyd is that third down dependable receiver yeah you have T Higgins who is unbelievable unbelievably talented Jamar Chase we already get it but you need to have that dependable receiver 
Eli Manning, I always, I know we always talk about Eli and the Giants and stuff like that, but we're Giant fans. What do you expect? They always had that reliable guy. Amani Toomer was that guy. Mario Manningham was the guy for Eli in that situation because they took away. Because Jamar Chase and Higgins, who knows? They might get taken away from this game. That's where you see, That's where you have a guy like TJ Boyd or Tyler Boyd, TJ Boyd. Tyler Boyd is going to come into play. And you need to have that dependable third down guy, and he's one of the best in the game for that. So I'm going to go with Tyler Boyd, not T. Higgins or Jamar Chase, for the X factors of this game. But there are X factors all over the field, guys. You we, know what? I mean, we can talk special teams. We can talk about Evan McPherson knowing that how great he's been. We can put him as an X factor because you need to have – and with the way this postseason has gone, with the walk-off field goals, two of them belonging to Evan McPherson – that's going to possibly play a big part in this game as well, guys. You so, know, somebody, listen, somebody like Van Jefferson or Tyler yeah, Boyd, yeah. they might have one catch in this game, and it might be the Manningham kind of catch or a, a David Tyree type catch. But I'll bet you at some point in the game, it, it, it has to happen. One of those guys is going to make a really significant contribution to this hey, game. Can I, you know what I'm surprised all four of us didn't say? Who? Can you guess the player? We've been all we do is talk about the Giants. Is there a Giant guy playing in the Super Bowl right now? Eli Apple, Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham. You know, all, we always talk about right. Wouldn't it be who's that? Who is that? Who's that? New State. Who is that? Who's this? Who's, who's Odell Beckham Jr.? Odell Beckham. I mean, he actually had over 100 yards in the. In the I mean, he's. I mean, just another guy, just like Von Miller. Another like reju- a little kick in the ass kind of spark to his career, a rejuvenated career back and showing his talents. I mean, he's been a great addition for. And two. here's the thing: he, the additions that the Rams have had. Look at that: Weddle, Von Miller, Andrew Whitworth, Odell Beckham. All those guys that even Stafford too. I'm just saying, guys in the past. Like you know what? You know what's funny? Too. Those guys I, have all panned out for them. I watched a game yesterday. What game? Uh, it, Dallas, Detroit. It was Megatron's 329 oh, receiving yeah. yards. Yeah. And I got to tell you, if I'm Matthew Stafford, dude, I am riding Beckham in this game. I mean, obviously, Cooper Cup is great, and and and, and you're going to obviously hit the slants, but I'd be looking for Beckham as much as possible because I do think that Odell Beckham – I'm gonna put some money down on Odell Beckham MVP. Wow. I, I really am. I'm gonna. I, I like that. I like that. that. That's because, a good yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and and the odds on him, I think, uh, would be a pretty decent yeah. payout too. Yeah, I think it's, um, he'd probably be like 25, 25 to one, even eighteen. You put twenty bucks on ten bucks, you're walking out with two hundred bucks. Joe, right, I'm in with you. I'm in with you. Let's do it. Right. That's a guy that could have a, a dozen catches in this game. You know, 150 yards and a couple of touchdowns, maybe. a Maybe he breaks one of those things off and he runs into the house oh. like he used to do back in the day. I mean, that's the thing. That's the no, thing. Joe, here's the thing. He can have like four catches, 50 yards, a touchdown, and then have a touchdown throw because that's his ability to make these, special these, yeah. receiving, these receiving trios, and I put a picture up. I had a picture that I was going to put up just because um, it was pretty fascinating to see the ta- – hold on. I'm just trying to find it. Got all these pictures. Where is it? Nope, don't even have it. Oh, yeah, right here. I only could get these four. But if you wanted to, I mean, both of these, these duos, good luck trying to pick between the two. But if you want to be realistic, guys, we're missing the third guys, too. We're missing Boyd and Jefferson, who, uh, who, who complement these duos. Huh? Well, 
Ted, I'm not. I'm talking about receivers. Of course, oh. Ted wants to always go a different. Uh, goes a different I'm path. I'm running guys, bro. Ted wants to well, go this uh, way. Everybody, uh, everybody wants if, to go straight. Ted wants to go. No, let's go this way, guys. Let's change the path. Imagine if Robert Woods was healthy and in this game. Oh my, my God! Would we really be talking about like Van Jefferson or even Odell no. Beckham? I mean, I mean, that's the thing. That's how deep this receiving crew was. You know, I also, yeah. I also am very curious. Had, uh, had he not gone down. Would there have been some sort of issue with Odell not getting the ball enough again, though? I, I think about I that, that all the time. Like, I, it almost feels like that was best case scenario it's for like the Rams. A, it's like a what if scenario, right? Yeah. Like, you don't yeah, know. They signed the happened. day before Robert Woods tore his yeah. ACL. And, and, and you know what? Beckham's been a, a class act since he's been the Rams. He's done everything right. But you're right. If he, God forbid, Robert Woods, because you, listen, those two guys were getting like 15 catches a game between the two of them. So where does, what does Beckham get? The Vance Jefferson treatment, three catches for maybe looking for the. I don't know if that's good enough. Does that become an issue? Tyler Higby, the run. I mean, hey, listen, it's it's a plethora of of weapons. It's it's, it's, an a, it's a good that's, that's what that's what you would want. I mean, listen, if you're building your team and you got young quarterback, you want the Bengals offense, you want the Rams offense and you want both of these coaches calling it because it's like, you can't go wrong. You let's can't say, go wrong. Let's just say it's a good problem to have. We're just talking about what ifs. Let's get into the if game. It's a very simple question. I'm going to ask all three of you, whoever wants to take it first, go on. Rams win Super Bowl 56 if. Take it away. Whoever wants to go first. If Ethan's man, the X Factor, just decides he's better than everyone else, which we know he's better, and literally just takes the game over, Aaron Donald. Literally, if he wants to, which it seemed like he did in the fourth quarter against the 49ers, it was like, you are not running the ball on me, and you are not throwing the ball on me, and I'm literally going, I'm going to have the LT factor, Lawrence Taylor. I'm going to be Reggie White. I am going to be the most dominant player you have ever seen, and I'm going to just take you and throw you around, and there's not a thing you can do. Like you're gonna double block me, doesn't matter. I'm still gonna split the double team. You you're gonna triple block me, doesn't matter. I'm I'm gonna find a way to get there's if he chooses to literally take over the game and he gets to that point, there is not a thing the Bengals can do. There's not a thing. I mean, just he, look at that. Look at that. Look at that he literally is. And here's the thing: the reason why he's can be so dominant, I'm gonna take the football aspect because he's playing over the center and the guards. He like if you're like TJ Watt, you're playing on the outside, right? So you can kind of run away from him. You know what I mean? You can, you can't run away from Aaron Donald when he's right over the center. They used to say, like, if you remember high school or inside college, sometimes you want to put a guy who's real quick to beat the center in and out because that's where the ball starts. Anything up the middle penetration throws everything off. It doesn't matter what play you're running, run, yep. pass, pressure. They always say Brady, right? Where's where's his weak point, right? Up the middle, right? Quarterback's not able to step up in the pocket. If Aaron Donald is just going like this, and and that center's going for a ride on the escalator. Guess what? Everything else is just going to squeeze in, and it, w- it won't matter what the Bengals do. That, that's honestly, that's to me. It's not going to matter what Stafford did because I've already seen Matthew Stafford not really win the game against the Cardinals. They just literally ran the ball over the Cardinals. Matthew Stafford didn't have to be great, right? He he doesn't have to be great for them to win the Super Bowl. But Aaron Donald, if he's great, it's game over. It's L.A. Rams by a lot. Joe. I'll give you two scenarios: one offensive, one defense. Rams win if. They sacked Joe Burrow five times. Definitely going to win a game. Uh, And Rams win if they rush for 125 yards because it means they're controlling the game. They're controlling the clock. Defense is probably playing well. 
uh, and they're just cruising to a, a, a Super Bowl. Okay. Hey. I uh, honestly, like Joe, ba- uh, B basically hit my points right there. I agree that they need to keep the, the attack balanced. They need to, um, like I mentioned earlier, Stafford is prone to a boneheaded move here and there because he feels the weight on his shoulders a lot from his time on the Lions. If McVay keeps him com- comfortable, Sony Michelle, Cam Akers are getting healthy carries 4.2, 4.3, 4.4 yards to carry on offense. They're golden. And then uh, for the defense, they need to they need to crush the pocket. I, I feel like if you replace the Titans with the Rams in that AFC divisional round, <laughs> the Bengals don't come out of that game the winner. It's no a whole, Joe Burrow, Joe yeah. Burrow doesn't come out of that game. That's yeah, Joe Burrow doesn't. Come out of that game. <laughs> this, is, this is probably the best pass rush that this offensive line is about to face this year, and I don't I don't really it, know if they're up for the Trev, Before you go on. It is the best pass rush because they're number one in the league oh, in pass yeah. rushing rate, and the Bengals are thirtieth in pass blocking rate. Sure so, enough, yeah, I bl- they're, it, thir- they're third it, it, in the it, league it, in sacks too. They had fifty on the year. If you think about the defensive line, what this defensive line is, the Rams, is what everyone was talking about the Washington football team going into the season. All right, that's what the expectation was for Washington. Mm-hmm. This this is, and I can't think of a better defensive line right now with gains. I, I, I would let's just be honest. You wouldn't choose a lot of defensive lines, if any, over this line right now. I mean, this, think about what defensive line is better in this league. Let me right now. let me just let me finish my thing. The one thing that I would say differently from you guys, Rams, take care of the football. Because if we remember this postseason, they're lucky to even be in this situation. They almost blew the twenty-seven to three lead because they couldn't hold on to the football. And last week or two weeks ago in the NFC title game, they should have had Matthew Stafford should have had two picks. It wasn't for Takaris Tart having the drop pick, they got to take care of the football because turnover battle, we all know how the turnover battle works. If you lose the turnover battle, you're usually losing the football game. It doesn't really happen a lot where you see the guy teams with the turnover and losing in the turnover battle, winning the game. They got to take care of the football. It's plain and simple. Ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, my goodness, let's close out with this. Two more questions. I got the bang. I'm going to start off because maybe this is the most obvious thing. And I put it in stars too. Because I feel like it's the most important thing, as we've all been talking for the past two weeks. And Ethan should know best because this guy, if they don't take care of him, could have a career like your boy Andrew Luck. Very simple. Please protect Joe Burrow. I can't stress it enough. I can't say it enough. And Ethan just said, if this was the I know Tennessee game, he survived nine sacks. You're getting sacked nine times against this LA Ram game. Let's just make it be. Let's just think of it like the Seattle Seahawks Denver Bronco game. It will be a game like that. It will be a complete blowout, and the game will be over by the end of the first quarter. And you'll be you'll be hanging out and and probably stuffing your face even more with food in the first quarter if that's how it is. That's the easiest way to. If anybody's got something different, you can. I also want to say one more thing: get off the field on third downs for the defense. You want to get this offense off the field. Plain and simple. This is a, a very explosive offense. They can pick you apart at any point of the game. You got to get off the field on third down for both defenses too. But the main reason, guys, please yep. that Rams up, offense. Please keep that number nine healthy. League on third down. Bengals defense is ranked twenty second, so that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Go on, um, anybody. Else? I'll go. I'll go ahead and jump next because I do have a different one. I feel like the line is the obvious answer. Uh, yeah. This is something that I have talked about through the majority of the year up ever since I want to say the Jets game happened with the Bengals and I've been yelled at about it from Bengals fans on my channel on in the comment section about it but it, the numbers don't lie and they're there 
the Bengals win this game if they can cover the middle of the field. And you're probably thinking, whoa, 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 they have Mike Hilton, they have Logan Wilson. The names are sexier than the numbers, I'll tell you that. Um, when you look at the numbers, Logan Wilson has allowed 83.6% completion percentage. Jermaine Pratt himself has allowed 82%. Mike Hilton has allowed 72. He's the best of the three. You total those numbers up, they set at about 79% completion percentage. If Matthew Stafford is allowed to throw to Cooper Cup as much as he wants, and he's completing 80% of his throws to Cup, that is a problem. And on top of that, those three guys, just those three, total up 36.3% of the passing yards that the Bengals allowed this season. Almost 1,500 yards. I think it's like 1,550 or in some change, something like that, of yardage allowed between just those three guys specifically. They're great. I, I don't think they're as good as some people want to believe they are. Like Logan Wilson has like three or four picks on the year because he was yeah. in really good places. That I, believe really he led, I believe time. he led the team eighth in, in picks. Yeah, exactly. So like he was there for opportunistic plays, but they consistently allow things to happen over the middle. And this goes to my second point of it. Everyone, not everyone, but the, the, the Rams doubters and the Cooper Cup doubters all say that he's a slot guy and he's getting all of his numbers in the slot and working the inside of the field. Well, if that's the case, then the Bengals better saddle up because Cooper Cup's going to have a field day then. So they need to make sure they lock down the middle of the field. Um, they, need, they need to shut down the ultimate slot weapon there in Cooper Cup because Love according it. to everyone that doesn't like Cup, he, he's just going to tear it up in the middle. Love it. I got one more thing, actually, Ted, and uh, maybe you, you definitely could. Hold on. I got one more thing. Quick, th Hold on, Joe. One more thing I forgot to say because I wanted to say this. As for the Bengals, to, for them to win this, don't let the moment get the best of you. You might not ever get an opportunity like this again, but you're a young team. You got the confidence. You got the swagger. We know that. You, but teams like this, you, it's a Super Bowl. It's a different feel to it. You're in front of the millions and millions of fans now that this is it. You have a chance to be a world champion. Don't let the moment get the best of you, Joe. Bengals win this game if Jamar Chase is the leading receiver. I told you this the other day. All six losses, Jamar Chase was not the leading receiver. He has been in every single one of their victories. It's a, if, if, if Jalen Ramsey can't lock him down, Bengals are going to win this game. Uh, on the, and are you talking just regular season on that? Regular season. That's not true. T. Higgins uh, won in the game when he had 12 catches for 194 yards. One game. No, we, trust me. He's the leading receiver in every one of their wins. I looked T. this up. Don't, no, don't, T. Higgins, don't no, T. Higgins didn't have – no, T. Higgins won game Higgins, had almost 200 yards receiving. It's the Ravens when, in he, on the second game. He led. That was one game. Okay. Relax yourself. <laughs> All right, how about this? For the last, for the last 17 games, the last 17 games – Jamar Chase. Anyway, the formula is there. If if Jalen Ramsey shuts Jamar Chase down, they don't win this game. There will be no chance to win this game because consider this too, with all the pressure that is going to be on Joe Burrow, and there's going to be a lot of it. If he can't get, if he's just dumping that ball off to anybody but Jamar Chase, it's that's going to be a problem, and the Bengals have no chance of winning this game. Joe, plain and simple, and then uh, from a defensive standpoint. If they keep the Rams under 100 yards rushing, that means things have gone very right. And that means they're probably winning that football game. Joe, the reason why I broke your stones is because my combo answer to this is the Bengals are 6-1 and one when Chase goes for 100-plus yards this season. All right, so that's why, I was, that's why I was breaking your stones a little I'll bit. I'll take it. Hold on. 
only because I was going to agree with you because I have a double X factor why they win. One, Chase, like Joe said, goes for 100-plus yards, all right? I think he, because of his ability to the big play, he's he's their home run threat. He really is. He literally is. I mean, him and Burrow's deep ball threats and touchdowns and their fade routes and, and back shoulder throws are like – they're Devontae and – and Aaron Rodgers style. They're unbelievable, all right? But here's the other one that's got to be, and no one, I don't know why people don't talk about it, but it's Joe Mixon, bro. Yep. Here's something about it. Six consecutive Super Bowl champions had running backs that posted a plus 90 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown in the game. Mixon, Russians' totals have increased every playoff game. He's had at least multiple catches for 15-plus yards, and guess what? He led the Bengals in total scrimmage yards in the AFC Championship game with 115 yards. Listen, I told you on Tuesday – we all talk about these receivers, right? It's all the sexy shit. It's all the, it's all, it's, you know, it's all roses and thing. But guess what? It starts in the soil. It starts in the ground. Joe Mixon in that running game. If he's not able to run the ball and, and they have no balance, they'll have no chance. I won't even have to worry about the Aaron Donald fact because you already know how they have to be able to run the ball. Use Joe Mixon, use Samaj Piran, use the running game. Everything. I believe if the Bengals are going to win this game, you're going to see a lot of, 11 and 12 personnel, which means at least one or two tight end sets, which means you're going to have two ba- two tight ends, two receivers, and a running back. You're going to see a lot of play action. 15 of the 19 runs that Joe Mixon had against the Chiefs were on first down runs. Let's get good running yards on first down. Let's get second and six, second and five. Let's set up the play action game because then everyone else comes in, and then your receivers are already good enough to beat the one and one Plus, they're going to face a lot of zone coverage. It's not like they're, you know, it's like a matchup zone. I, I'm honestly, I think the Bengals realistically, if Joe Mixon has a game where he's like 75 yards rushing and like 30, 40 yards receiving, they win the game. He, he, he a great, opportunity, he, a great he, opportunity. You forget this guy had 1,500 yards rushing. Yeah. The guy he had like 12 plus touchdowns. I mean, the guy, he can catch the ball too. I mean, he's. He's one, of the, he's, one of the better, he's one of the better running backs. I had him in fantasy this year. When he When he's on. He's one of the best running backs in the league. He's one of the better dual threat backs in the game. And right? he's a three down wanted... back. He's a three down back. And I and I, listen, I think everything sets off the play action because as much as they want to throw the ball, the Bengals, they want to run the ball and they want everything to come off the play action. And Joe Burrow and that offense becomes so much more dynamic when you're when you're run first, second pass, and that's similar to the Rams, but I just, I just think Nixon's factor is so much more prevalent with the Bengals because of the pass rush of the Rams. Here's a quick stat with the defensive line. This is where Joe Burrow ranks all time with sacks per season. I know it's a little blurry, but he's got sacked 63 times this entire season. So if it's going to for them to win this game, all of these guys, all, all these are possibilities. Jamar Chase. How has interesting, by the way, to see Deshaun Watson and Randall Cunningham's name on that list. Randall Cunningham first. twice. Yeah, well, and I remember well, that '86 season because the Giants had like 20 sacks on him in the two games. But mm-hmm. uh, kind of surprising that that you know, again, to see mobile quarterbacks on this list speaks obviously about how bad those well the randall cunningham stuff was talked about a lot when everyone was obsessing over how much russell wilson got sacked um just last year when everyone was talking about that i remember randall cunningham's name coming up a lot the deshaun watson one as a colts fan uh since i followed the texans a little bit more i'm actually not surprised because i've seen deshaun watson take a lot of sacks but um 
Yeah, no. Listen, I mean, sometimes the athletic guys get themselves in trouble. They, they get like, themselves in weird situations. I'm honestly surprised that Russell Wilson isn't on there. I think he's probably, you know, he's probably like right there. If you, you probably, say, he's probably you know right below. You know what's crazy about that whole thing? That David Carr was sacked 76 times, and that wasn't even including the playoffs. I think what's amazing yeah. is he imagine being drafted first overall that and year. 68 times. Imagine <laughs> being drafted first overall that year, and then your rookie year getting hit. Sacked 76 freaking times and not making the playoffs. Joe, Tom Tom Brady played three years and didn't get sacked 76 times. Oh my <laughs> why do you think God. he played 20? Listen, that's why a guy's career lasts 22 years. That's why Andrew Luck, you know, I mean, Andrew Luck, here's the other thing, Trev. The ability to run sometimes is not always the best advice because sometimes you get yourself in trouble. And but the interesting anyway, part is seeing Phil Sims on that in 19. Joe, do you remember that 84 season? Yeah, very much so. We're real quick. Uh, I find it funny. I mean, what did Kitna have one year as an actual starter? John Kitna, no, don't disrespect John Kitna. He was a pretty decent quarterback. He was a decent quarterback, a but I'm saying, I, I did he ever even start a 16 game season? Yeah, that he would be he on this for, list. He played for Denver. I'm just not surprised to see a Lions no, team on Cincinnati there. So, so who was John Kitna ruined for? He played for the Bengals too, if you remembered. And yeah. you know, and then I think he, he was might have Cowboys been there for a while. And then he, yes, he did play for the Cowboys too. He was the backup too, but I wonder if he was on the Stafford team. Well, in Stafford and those Lions uh, teams. Oh no, no, because 2009 when Stafford came in. I don't but Kinder might have still been on the team. Might have just been the backup. Guess what? Stafford don't have to worry about that because he is 60 minutes away from possibly calling himself a world champion. So guys, hold on, I gotta affect my camera. My camera got a little messed up. Oh boy, there we go. The final question, ladies and gentlemen, of the NFL. Postseason football season. This will be the last time we talk an actual football game, sadly, until September ish. Hey, Who it is? It was uh, it was one out of three times he started sixteen games where he got sacked sixty two times. Kidna? <laughs> oh my god! Of course, was it, all with, wait, was it all with Detroit? Uh, no, uh, and so uh, the uh, the sixty, yeah, that that year. Oh, and he got sacked fifty one the next year. Those were po- both the second and third time he'd ever started sixteen games in his career. He had also started sixteen a couple years earlier with Cincinnati, lost the starting job, and then ended up in Detroit. Now, now we know why he didn't then. start. A, now we know why he didn't like to start a lot. He doesn't want to get sacked. Who wants to get sacked like that? Yeah, like, you want to be the starter? No, no, no. I want to sit down. I just want to be the backup guy. I want to be Mike Glenn. Anyway, he paid a few million dollars to hold the clipboard. Doesn't sound yeah, right. Bad. Yeah, that's not a bad gig. Twice he started fifteen when he was uh, when he was in Detroit. Hey, but never look at Darren Olowski. He's doing pretty well for himself. <laughs> yeah, well, dude, to be a, a, a lousy backup quarterback. Yeah, dude, that's uh, he's, he's making out really pretty well. Good for turn Olowski. that into a nice career. Good for him. Very simple questions, ladies and gentlemen. As there is only gentlemen here, I will ask you: Who walks out of SoFi? As world champions, will it be the Los Angeles Rams winning their first Super Bowl championship in L.A.? I know they won it in St. Louis. I'm not that stupid. The first L.A. title. Or is not the Cincinnati Bengals walking away with their first Super Bowl championship in franchise history? Take it away. Whoever wants it. The floor is yours. All right, I'll go. They're just sitting there like playing with their thumbs. Like, what are you guys <laughs> well, doing? You guys like no, the I, was, I was expecting you to lead somebody off, but um, no, Jeff. No, I, was, yeah, I, was, I like to, go, I'm free. I, I like to let Jeff. We let our guests, we let our guests go first. All right, I'll oh, go. Yeah, so, here you go. Joe I'll go first. Um, I think it's going to be a 
it's gonna be. A, I think it'll be a closer game. Or, and I'm sorry, it the game is might look closer than it actually ends up being. I have the Rams winning 28 to 24 off the idea that the Bengals struggle against this defensive front and they maybe get like a a late game touchdown to make it close. But I ultimately think that this is a game the Rams might win a little bit more handedly than some people are expecting or the final score will show. Um, and I also like the over for this one. I, I think that 48 and a half the last time I looked is what it was at. So I do like the over on this one. I think that's definitely a possibility with both of these offenses being pretty good. And like I said, I could I could see the Bengals once the Rams defense goes soft or if they start doing some late game shenanigans that they let up some points, 28-24. So you think the Rams are going to take control of this game pretty much from you're saying. You think it's going to be like a dominating performance. I am really concerned about this Bengals offensive line. And when I, I like, like I mentioned with swapping the Rams out with the Titans, um, the, the Bengals win that game because the Titans offense literally ran into a wall mm-hmm. for that entire game. And also three Tannehill interceptions. I don't expect that from the Rams. And I think that, you know, like Joe said, Five sacks, six sacks, seven sacks is not an unrealistic thing considering the offensive line and defensive front that's playing this game. Who wins uh, MVP? Uh, I want Aaron Donald to win MVP. Okay. I think he needs to have that kind of game. Okay. Joe? 27-24 Bengals. It's going to be 24-7 midway through the third quarter (laughs) when the Bengals have the big comeback. Stafford throws a late pick, the MVP of this football game is going to be Joe Burrow, uh, who leads this team down uh, late in the fourth quarter and uh, game-winning field goal to end it. Ted? I don't know. Listen. Honestly, oh, my God. This is unbelievable. It's one freaking simple. It's like guilty. You're like my cousin Vinny. Guilty or not guilty? Listen, I, I, have I think really- I get the question. No, I don't think you do. <laughs> I really have a tough time with it because I I want both teams to win. I really do. I I would love to see Matthew Stafford win. For you know when you start rooting for guys later in their careers, guys who are good guys, part of le- leagues, you know what I mean. Guys that have done the right thing deserve an opportunity to really like show off. And then there's just something about the Bengals where you love that underdog, the Joe Mox. I feel like they could build on something special because I told you the other day this Bengals team this might be a one hit wonder. They might never get back here again. You know, this could be the Dan Marino effect. This could be Aaron Rodgers. Could be the Drew Brees. Here, will you block me? You purposely do that? Of you course. Take me, you take me it off the so, screen. Come on, what's the matter? Here's here, here's okay. what I'd say though. They saw you for the first hour. Shut up. The Bengals. Here's the other thing. The Bengals will not have the last place schedule like they did this year. Will they not be playing the Jets? They will not be playing a last place schedule like they did this year. So their their road this year, they play all the first place teams. Actually, that means the Chiefs. That means the Bills. That means the Titans next year. So your schedule is going to get much tougher, right? And when you have to start paying people, it becomes that much tougher. Look at the Chiefs. They haven't been. They just haven't been the same since that first year. But I'm going to stick to what my gut has been saying for the last two weeks. It's the Rams. I just think. Their ability and their pass rush is—you just can't account for it. You really can't. You really can't account for it. And it's—I don't. What are you going to do? Hold eight in and just rush? I mean, block eight, you know, and then run three out. It just—that's not the Bengals' style. And as much as the Titans had nine sacks, Tannehill threw three picks. Stafford's not going to throw three picks. McVay won't allow him to schematically. I think McVay schematically. Brain scheme and Albert Einstein is going to put Stafford in the best position to succeed all the way through the game. And I think there's going to be a play in the game where it's like McVay is going to know what to do. 
and it's going to be a cup touchdown late in the game to win it. And then the Rams' defense, which they'll do against the 49ers, will end up shutting the Burrow and the Bengals down. I think Cooper Cup wins the MVP. He was the best offensive player this year in the football. He'll prove it again and again. And their connection with him and Stafford is phenomenal. But the Rams win 31-24. I know we always like to make predictions. We always like to make close scores like last year. We said, oh, it's going to be a classic, and we know what happened with that game. We always hope for the best. We got to expect the worst. And this is a game that could have that impact. We're hoping for an in-state classic like this postseason. It has delivered unlike any other. But like we've been talking about the past two weeks, it could be a nightmare scene in SoFi. It could be almost a massacre because of this defensive line versus this offensive line. We are all hoping it does not happen because we want to see an instant classic. We want to see two of the great quarterbacks in this game go head-to-head, down to the wire, fourth quarter, a couple minutes left in the game. I got the Bengals. I love the underdog. I'm not a big L.A. Ram guy, but I love this underdog story. I love what they've done. And just think that the Cincinnati Bengals are in the Super Bowl is just still, and it's almost like a dream. You just never picture it. It's crazy to me. But I got the Bengals 28-24. I got Joe Burrow. And the reason why, I mean, come on, realistically. A man looking like this, you think he's losing the Super Bowl? Can you imagine looking that fresh deck out? You know what that looks like? The AFC title game. Can you imagine what he's gonna look like come Super Bowl Sunday? Trev, this man is. Man- it looks like it looks like Macaulay Culkin coming back to rock, take his house over again. Yeah. <laughs> and you know the you know what the thing is? Macaulay Culkin beat up the bullies. He beat up the Stafford's bad guys. Not a bully. Stafford's and not the a bully. bad guys in this situation are Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, and hey, that entire. Say Stafford's the victim here. He's not the bully. He played for no, the Lions for 11 years. No, Stafford's getting, <laughs> Stafford's getting and, and he, Hey, listen, if Joe Burrow does win it, he will be the first ever NFL player to win national championship, Heisman Trophy winner, draft the number one, and win a Super Bowl. And that's the, re- that's the thing. I really think with the situations, and I said it early in the show, this man doesn't lose must-win games. This is another must-win game. They've been in must-win games since they played the Chiefs back in December, late December. So they've had those playoff-type feel games that, well, we got to win, guys. This is do or die. This is it. This is a do or die. You either will be a world champion or you'll be just a team that was in the Super Bowl. I'm going with the Bengals to win their first championship in franchise history. All in all, I hope for it to be, like I said, as we all do, Hopefully, it could be an instant classic because it has the makings of it, but it also has the makings of 38 to 6 or something horrible like that. Yeah. Ethan, that's the thing with this game. You could either see a close game where the Bengals win or a blowout. I mean, a close game either way, or the Rams really. I don't see the Bengals blowing out the Rams. Yeah. Let's only hope. Let's hope. It's only, like I said, it's only 51 hours away from Super Bowl 56. Ethan, my man. Thank you so much for joining us, brother. No, it was a pleasure coming on with you guys. I'm glad I could finally work something out to get on the show oh, with no you more. You'll be joining us more for off-season stuff, free agency, draft oh, definitely, stuff. I definitely. know you've been doing a lot of draft stuff, so we'll all get into that. I know Joe loves those mock drafts, right, Joe? Oh, my God. Why do people do mock drafts? You can't do Joe, mock drafts before free agency. Joe hates mock drafts. I, I, no, I hate, I, I'm with Joe on this one. We talked about this last year. Uh, I don't think that mock drafts make any sense pre-free agency. It literally makes no sense. Well, we'll right, it changes literally that. everything. Literally, whatever they do in free agency, it's like, well, they're not drafting that now. Come on. 
And then, like, you get, like, mock draft 5.0, like, one week before the draft. So you were wrong the first four times, and now you're supposed to be right? Like, that's <laughs> yeah. stupid. We will see a lot more to talk about, but let's enjoy this, guys, because it's been a legendary season, and we can only hope for a legendary ending to a historic season, like I said. That was Ethan Haristadulu of the Greeks Gridiron Podcast. That's two for two, by the way. I'm on a roll right now. Golf <laughs> yeah, clap, golf clap, golf yeah, clap. But no, Ethan, like I said, we'll be having you on more and more, my man. I greatly appreciate it. But we are we are Keys to the City. We're streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So comment, like, subscribe, follow, or share. Or you can check out clovercrestmedia.com where there are many more podcasts like the Greeks Gridiron and Keys to the City. So tune in for more. We'll be back next week recapping Super Bowl 56. I cannot wait. It's officially upon us. Super Bowl weekend is here. Ladies and gentlemen, Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness. In the making, double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.